This week we'll be diving into the Cleric Ranger multi-class, and then later on looking at the Zedipin. Zedipin. I completely forgot the name. Zara. It's a hard. It's got a Z and an R in it. We were doing so well. Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass. Welcome to three hours of screaming. Let's just try it again. Zeratan. And then later on, we'll be diving into Zeraton from Mordekainen's Tome of Foes. And so, God damn it. It's going to be Zeratons of fun. It's even worse when you do it. Oh, my God. All right. Just What'd you grab, fuck up? grab a seat and stick around. <clears throat> What'd you fuck up? I don't know. Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your weekly Dungeons and Dragons fix between your sessions. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melton. God damn it. God damn it, Kevin. I got in my own head with it. One more time. Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your weekly Dungeons and Dragons fix between your sessions. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Will Melton. And I'm Jared Bornigal. <laughs> that was a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what take this is. <laughs> I'm monsters and multiple. <laughs> this is going to get to the point where it's, it's too far gone. We're just not going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your weekly Dungeons and Dragons fix between your sessions. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melden. And we'll be hanging out with you for the next hour to talk about anything and everything D&D related. This week, we'll be taking a look at the Cleric Ranger multi-class, and then later on, Zeraton from Mordekainen's Tome of Bows. So pull up a chair and listen up. Yay! Thank fucking God. Alright, so today, talking about the Cleric Ranger multi-class. Uh, so, if you've been listening so far, you know that uh, we're already unexcited because we've got rangers on the table and it just causes a lot of rp issues that i don't want to complain about to start so let's just say cleric first impressions cleric ranger first impressions who's who wants to go um well, i want to say it causes rp issues like mechanic issues really like, things don't mesh well with ranger that's i think that's where the issue comes in rp it's it's kind of whatever you could figure out whatever you need I disagree. Um, I feel like Ranger adds, like, mechanically speaking, it's all just very simple. Where maybe it doesn't synergize super well, but it's adding something or keeping it, I don't know, at least where it's at. Uh, RP-wise, it's very specific, the Ranger. Is it? Yeah. so? I don't know. It's it's very, like, you... (laughs) I think we had a whole argument about this. It's very Park Ranger-y a lot of times in in one direction. uh, Or it's, like... Monster Huntery, uh, and the other subclasses I don't feel like have great flavor, to be honest. Uh, like the Horizon Walker, I don't really get much flavor-wise out of that. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah. Um, Gloomstark is all about gloom. stalking in the shadows and striking from darkness. I mean, yeah, that's... so is the Rogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it does work well with that, but uh, Rangers, as, an, as a class as a whole, are a little bit singularly focused. When you think of a ranger, you think of someone who's very, very single-mindedly approaching problems in a certain way. And I think a cleric actually has some of that, too. Yes. And that's why those two are especially going to have a great time trying to mesh these <laughs> two together. So specifically with the ranger cleric, mechanically, I'm not super excited, but I do have some cool character concepts, I think, work. Because they for exactly what Will said. They're both kind of singularly focused and so you just you get kind of pick and choose your cleric domain to just fit and make your ranger more you know whoever they are okay okay well uh my first thoughts are basically this is gonna suck so (laughs) hey this is a no negativity zone all right no negativity no negativity (laughs) fine 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 um, no, I that's think... not true at all. Be negative. Oh, oh, oh okay. this is a high negativity when, yeah, when, zone. When have we ever? Only when I'm lying, Kevin. <laughs> There's a couple of things that uh, I think might mash up well together. Where their destroy undead is probably going to work well with 
ranger of, of being like a, a hunter. If they're hunting undead, then those two will go super well together. And I, I like that to start. Uh, overall, I think we're going to be kind of locked in from a ranger perspective, whereas the cleric is just such a wide array of subclasses that once you answer the, the ranger question, you can basically put it into any of these cleric subclasses and, mm-hmm. and have something uh, RP-wise that'll work. Yeah, definitely. Um, just right off, we want to jump right into a character character concept. Yeah, that sounds good right, to me. Right away. If you've got something in mind. Yeah, I got a few. Uh, I guess they kind of just really focused on the subclasses of the rangers, though. So let's say you have a cleric to a god who gives them a divine mission to go rid the world of evil monsters. I mean, right, that's perfect to multi-class with Monster Hunter. Yeah. And the mechanics even back it up, because the Monster Hunter subclass of Rangers is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. You could get a lot of good stuff with that. Um, and I would think, like, Knowledge Domain Cleric fits really well. I kind of like that idea, because they need to be able to dive into Deep Lore to find these monsters and how do you fight them and... Um, there's kind of, it sort of like has this Van Helsing feeling where they fight him intelligently. And... Yeah. Okay. That's, that's kind of interesting, yeah. but they still have the, uh, the cleric. So the, they use their ranger abilities to do the hunting portion yes. of it, but then the cleric side of them is, it's what's really figuring out how to best these things. Yeah. Well, it's both. They're yeah, yeah. I'm saying they're, yeah. they're, they're being combined. I'm, yeah. You know, just, they do kind of mesh well together. I see that. I yeah. see that. Where it falls apart a little, though, is so right, the Monster Hunter subclass works really well, but the core ranger still gets weird with it, because mm-hmm. why would they have favored terrain and favored enemy and stuff like that? We generally just kind of ignore that part of the class. Favored enemy is fine. Good. Favored enemy is totally fine. Sort of, but like if it's... The, I mean, the, the problem with it, especially like the Monster Hunter thing, it's like thing we something we'll look at and think, oh yeah, that's a horrible, evil monstrosity needs to die. A lot of times they're not actually monstrosities, which is a you know a, a enemy type, right? A creature type. There there will be some that are monstrosities. There will be aberrations. There will be fiends. There will be undead, and they all fit under this umbrella. Favorite enemy just has you pick one of them, right? Which is a little little weird. I think that always comes down to a backstory thing. Of sure, I mean, yeah. simplest one off the top of my head is like a uh, oozes. Oozes killed your parents. Wait, is oozes really one of them? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Who yeah. would pick an ooze? I don't know, but oozes killed my parents, so I hate all oozes and I want to kill oozes. That's basically what it boils down to. It doesn't right. have to be killed your parents. Please don't make an orphan. Uh, but just something, some tragedy happened based around one of these favorite enemy types, mm-hmm. and you just run with it from there. Um, as for favored terrain or was that natural explorer yeah yeah um that's just gonna be again where you were born and i'd go from there that's like the i'm saying yeah. ways to make it so that it doesn't become a full focus of your class and saying oh well i studied the underdark so i know everything about the no right. no, no it's just i was born in the woods so that's my favorite terrain is this forest right but then why doesn't everyone have favorite terrain everyone's born somewhere because you're also a hunter, so you needed to hunt things in your area to get good at hunting. Okay. Boom. That almost makes sense. It makes enough sense. It, it makes again, enough yeah. sense that I can let it happen. Look, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage <laughs> out. So what type of... Are we limited in like melee, archery? Does it matter for the cleric? The cleric, so. as is, the cleric does actually have a lot of spells that are concentration and buff heavy, especially if you're playing as a standard back of the line cleric. So mm-hmm. that is something you do have to keep in mind. We're not going to be able to stat them up too much. I mean, the requirements are mixed. Say the requirements again. It's going to be you're gonna uh, need wisdom, wisdom and dexterity. dexterity for the bare minimum. Okay. Not, not bad. No, not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Um, but yeah, it's... A lot of the blesses, uh, the big one. Kind of want to stay out of melee range if you're trying to keep everybody buffed. Right. Yeah, I would not play this as a frontline, like a dual-wielding ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a sense, you kind of have a dex cleric going on, which is a little weird. You don't really see much, but I think you could justify it with the ranger using range to Yeah, I don't see any reason against it, though. Yeah. There's really nothing about the clerics that like necessitate strength. Just the armor. A lot of them get heavy armor and 
two of them specifically. A lot of them do, but they don't. Their yeah. main proficiency is just light armor, medium yeah. armor, shields, and simple weapons. Yeah, a good amount. I remember when I was reading through last night, a really good amount do. Okay. Forge definitely does. I want to yeah. say life does for whatever reason. Because life yeah. is supposed to... Life is the closest Ward. thing you can get to a tank in D&D. The life cleric? How so? They just heal. Yeah. They're heal How? tanks. What? Life That's not what it takes. All right. They're healers. Life clerics <laughs> are the archetypical uh, D&D cleric, though. Yeah. Right. They're healers. That's, that's, and they're good. I'm sorry. That they're is ultra really healers and ultra tanks. A lot of people coming from other RPG backgrounds don't understand that the healers are not the super squishies in D&D. No. Correct. I think it's really what I was trying to say, though, is that they are just as much of a cleric as you can get. Sure. Yeah, not tanks, though. Yeah. yeah tanks and D&D really aren't Don't go well thing. together. I've heard it. I've heard it. I don't think we've talked about it on here. What? Tanks not really being a thing in D&D. Oh, I guess I've just heard you say it so many times. Yeah, I, I assume yeah, it was on the podcast. Yeah, we've said it off the <laughs> But no, it, it, he's absolutely right. Tanks are... The primary aspect of a tank isn't just absorbing damage. It's also maintaining aggression. Or aggro, as the kids call it. Right. And there mm-hmm. are, like, two ways of doing that in this game, and only paladins get it. Right, right. Or just barbarians by being able to do so much damage. But it's again, it's not like a pure tank idea. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah, like so you build a character and it's all focused around defense and not dying. And then just nothing attacks it. Right, just exactly. goes around it. It's like, oh man, this thing is just a fortress that we're just going to ignore yeah, We'll save it for last. Yep. Beat the shit out of everything else, and then we'll, we'll manage it. <laughs> what the hell, guys? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've rolled more defensive characters, and they, the DM can easily circumvent it, and they're not particularly fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you need ways to get them to attack. So they, like you have the sentinel feet, which helps. Yeah. Um, where like you're, if you do an opportunity attack, they can't move anymore. Um, and then they compel duel, but that's one creature and not for that long and there's ways to break it so yeah it's very limited very very um so one of the things for clerics is they do have that nature cleric uh this kind of brings up the same issue that we had with the paladin ranger where the paladin druid paladin sorry uh where it seems like a really obvious synergy uh but at the end of the day you're kind of just getting spells that you'd already get as a ranger and not getting too much out of it yeah it's it's double dipping it's Again, it kind of seems like people, the Wizards of the Coast saw someone may want a nature cleric and it doesn't work too well to multi-class into Druid or Ranger. The Druid may not be bad, but that's another discussion. Um, yeah. So we'll give them a domain to do it. And so if that's the whole character concept, if you're not excited about any mechanical things you get from Ranger, you just want to make them kind of nature just take the nature domain. Yeah, I mean, it has a couple of interesting things. Like it's got Divine Strike. Which lets you add some elemental damage. Which uh, all every, have it. everyone does that. Oh, every really single, yeah, it. it's just a different damage type. Oh. Life does fire. Right. Okay. Light does fire. Um, life even has it. And it does radiant. Yeah. Okay, so... War adds just the damage type of the weapon. They all have a variation. Okay. Forge does fire. Yeah. What does lore do? What does the damage of that? The knowledge? Your knowledge, yeah. Um, that may not happen. You're right. That may be the only one. They get potent spellcasting. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, so they either get potent spellcasting or divine strike. And that's just cleric cantrips. For potent spellcasting, starting at 8th level, you add your whiz modifier to the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. Yeah. So in this scenario, I mean, cantrips are really great when you're a full spellcaster. When you're dipping into a ranger, you kind of go around that. You don't need cantrips anymore. You've got your ranged weapon. So that kind of sucks with the knowledge um mm-hmm. making going up to eight in the knowledge domain kind of potentially less useful than other uh cleric subclasses that let you add additional damage um yeah o- overall it's, i mean it's not specific to rangers i really like the knowledge domain i didn't really read it too much before um yeah no it's cool get very skills cool. um you are you become a, not a a skill monkey, but you yeah. become kind of like a, in the way that a bard's good at everything, you can just be good at everything, give it enough time. Yeah. And like one of the channel abilities is to read thoughts. So you can mm-hmm. serve several thoughts. It's a save. And if they fail to save, you can then cast suggestion without using a spell slot that oh. automatically succeeds. Wow. 
Yeah. That's really nice. And then Visions of the Past, it's, I think it's another... It's not channel divinity. Okay, I think it's just a once a, once a day thing or something like that. Uh, you could hold an object and meditate on it and learn about who's owned it and kind of the history of this object in the past number of days. Great for hunting. Yeah, or do it for like an area, like mm. a room up to, up to like 50 feet or something like that of you. So it's just cool stuff, flavorful stuff. Fits really yeah. well the Monster Hunter and all that. Right. Which, I mean, one thing that can kind of suck about that is there's not many times in D&D that you're hunting something. Uh, and like tracking right uh i mean it, it can, can come up yeah. of course yeah, it depends on the campaign right if you're making that character you should probably have that in mind though it's like is this going to be a campaign that actually involves tracking ever or you yeah. know can you think of creative ways to to work it in yeah or it it's that character where that was their past the where they went out and they would hunt down to track monsters right. based on this divine um plan I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Divine uh, plan. Sure. From from their god and you use their various abilities to do all that. And now something happened while we have a call to adventure and they're doing something else. But these abilities are still be useful. It doesn't have to be used for that. Like seeing the history and stuff of an object or what happened in a room in the past five days or whatever. It has use. And, yeah. Yeah. And then same with the monster hunter stuff. It's just you don't it doesn't literally have to be some you know monster terrorizing a village to get use out of it it's mm-hmm. just yeah it will get use in every single fight the, so you're just kind of adapting to your circumstances based on the history of your background which is a really classic thing in dd yeah no definitely i i can see that um the only thing that i will say about being able to just know something that happened with a an object is is that which word is that? That's knowledge, right? Yeah, visions of the past. Okay, Object one, rated. that's level 17. That's true. That's uh, very late. <laughs> two, it's so weirdly specific where, like, you walk into a room and it's like, here's an object, and I want to know what's happened to it the past couple of days. That just seems no, rather it, limiting to me. Where it's well, not it's, very often, like, you walk into an area and you're like, okay, what's happened in the last five days with this thing? Yeah, but when it does happen, that's like... Damn. Yeah, level 17. Yeah, level 17 kind of ruins the entire thing. You think? Level think 17? Has... Yes. For it, a multi-class. For a multi-class, yeah. definitely. Okay. Multi-class. Yeah. Um, in general, it's like, you know, just kind of a, a nice sort of flavor thing. I think it'll um, come up a lot. Especially area reading. Um, area reading more so. Object reading, no. But you you just get both. You could do either. Right. That's, yes, that's yes you can. Yeah. yeah. It's shorter long rest. But again, you know, just it's it's very specific in my opinion. I, I can't think it's of many perfect times. intrigue, dude. I mean, uh, a lot of our campaigns are a little bit more follow the path, fight the monsters. Yeah. But if it's like, all right, uh, who are these merchants dealing with? What what are the terms of this deal? Yeah, maybe it opens doors, I guess, that I'm currently not thinking of. But mm-hmm. that makes sense. There's things that can can be done with it. Uh, the knowledge cleric in general feels very flavorful, yeah, which is good. I, I like characters that I mean, the cleric gets enough uh, without the subclasses to be a pretty good character. Uh, so adding in that, or compared to other subclasses, it's it's more flavorful. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Another character concept I like: uh, war domain with a hunter ranger. So you don't even have to leave the player handbook for this one. Uh, so I'm picturing, there's a lot of ways you could apply. And I'm picturing it, though, as a half-orc cleric to Groomsh, who is the leader of their tribe and is tasked with protecting their lands, what they consider holy lands, and extending it further. Uh, so that fits perfectly where they have that, that hunter aspect of the ranger and surviving out in the wilderness and being able to fight in that way while still also getting divine blessings from Groomsh for a war domain cleric. Unfortunately, the war domain cleric is pretty lackluster. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really unhappy with it. But we're talking flavor. <laughs> right. Um, so if you have that character, though, it's like they're, they're the leader of an orc tribe. Why are they joining an adventuring party? You need to come up with some reason for them to leave. And then you have this orc chieftain, half-orc chieftain, whatever, that's now in this adventuring party. And I think that could create a lot of interesting dynamics and controversies and tension and growth for this character and how they're trying to fit into this world now and why are they here. So that's kind of the... Um, this is When you combine these two, you kind of end up with a uh, almost shamanistic type 
not really shamanistic because nothing about it's nature magic and healing and telling the future. It's like they're a ranger hunter who's really good at either killing a bunch of smaller things or taking down one big thing. And then a war domain cleric who's good at bashing things in. Yeah, unfortunately, the war domain just does not lead itself to being good at no. bashing things in. No, it does not. It leads you to being a kind of shitty cleric. Yeah, so uh, maybe take Tempest. Things that rely domain. on channel divinity are, like, it's your second level and sixth level class features both require channel divinity. Something you can only do once per day until what level? Does anybody know off the like top of their head? Nine. It's later. Yeah, you never get more than two, though, right? Oh, you can okay. At 18th level, you get three channel divinities. Uh, at sixth level, you get two. Oh, okay. That's not super far away. Hey, you've got two in uh out of the abyss now. Yes, but I also have a non-combat based uh channel divinity. Yeah, I know, but it's good to know. Uh, so okay, I mean that's that's all right. But again, that's twice per long rest. You can do these things. I yeah. I never like things that rely on yeah oh and it's just a plus 10 bonus to your roll yeah that's it yep which is crap (laughs) yeah and then oh at six level you could do that plus 10 bonus yeah that's all yep and then yeah at level one war priest so when you take the attack action you can make one weapon attack as a bonus initially sounds great but then you can only do this equal to the number of your wisdom modifier yeah it's so limited long rest to reset it it's like what the hell is that so at most you'll do it five times a day otherwise you you get a bonus attack five times yeah <laughs> woo no that <laughs> sucks that's seriously I mean, you, you get martial weapons and heavy armor eight you get divine strike that everything else gets and then at 17 you become resistance the battle. <laughs> to bludgeoning piercing and slashing damage you get what bear totem gets at third level yeah i mean that's it's super lackluster i like the flavor of it i but. guess so you man that sucks you'd really be better off at level 15 just dipping into barbarian <laughs> it's like yeah i'm not gonna go into that level 14 yeah. sorry yeah uh when you get the extra damage from divine strike I, there's probably other stuff from cleric i'm just messing around but if you yeah. really wanted that you would get more out of dipping into barbarian than you would right so if i were going to do that chieftain character um groom should very much fits into being having their clerics be part of the war domain but i think you could kind of just kind of fudge that a little bit and say, yeah, they're a tempest. It's right. like, and there's still a lot of anger and volatility. Volati- volatility. Thank you. There you go. There. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um. So how about the trickery domain? Uh, I know I want to like it. I want to like it too. But I don't. <laughs> so let's just combine two things that we want to like, the ranger and the trickery domain. <laughs> And make a really, really mediocre class. It's just not great. But you've got a ranger that likes tricking people. uh, And can be a trickster. (laughs) And gets Cloak of Shadows where they can turn invisible at 6th level. And that's it. They can invoke duplicity, make a copy of themselves to marginal effect. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. At 17th, they could improve that duplicity. I still think it's better than War Domain. Yeah, I give you that. Like just a little bit, but like combined yeah. with Ranger, where you're at least going to be at a uh, at a distance. This gives you some stealth, cool stealth things. Uh, the Invoke Duplicity is interesting. You know, you get to I, I, what sort I'm looking for some additional battlefield control almost. Yeah, what is that considered? Where you're just making a copy of yourself. It's just an illusion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, you get to do some illusions. I like stuff. how you could cast through it. Right. That's some nice, cool utility. And then if both of you are there, do you get, what is it? They have disadvantage on attacking you. You have advantage on attack rolls against the creature. Yeah, so if, like, you and your illusion are both within five feet of a creature, you have advantage on every attack roll. Which would be... That's nice. Good if you were canceling out your disadvantage from being a, a ranged cleric. I know it sounds dumb, right. but like that is. Well, you would probably a... want to be melee for this. You think? Yeah, you think uh... just to make most use of that. Yeah, and be a dex cleric with, but that I don't like that idea. So that why don't you like that idea? I don't like that idea because a cleric with a rapier just seems silly. That's my only well, reason. The, the only thing that that makes sense with is the trickster. 
Right. Yeah. He's he's the rogue of the clerics. Clerics have too many subclasses. I don't think they have enough. <laughs> you don't think they have enough? Hundreds more. Jeez. That sounds like too many to me. Well, actually, part of the problem is because they have so many of them, they it's really tough to get a good balance. Trickery and war are pretty widely renounced. But, like, how how don't they just look at that and go, that's not very good? You can Retrospect read that one time. is a hell of a drug. The war one, uh, less excuses. <laughs> yeah, less, yeah, trickery. I, I don't, I don't like think that. trickery is good, so to say. I mean, if it doesn't really give me any warm, fuzzy feelings. Uh, if I've ever played a cleric, I would never go trickery. But I could see somebody wanting to do that, and it at least gives you the option. And the flavor's there. Yeah, the flavor is there. But it does not really jive well with Ranger, mechanically uh-huh. or flavor-wise. Are there any of these these Xanther subclasses for Ranger that Xanthers? Why do you keep Xanther. saying that? You always say Xanthers. An extra, it's Xanther. Xanathar. Okay. It doesn't. I'm reading it right now. It's there's an A there. I yeah. see it. Xanathers, but I'm just yeah. going to call it Xanthers. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, you're so you're right as an American. Yeah. <laughs> Xanathers. Okay, I'll try and get it right. Why not? Um, any, any good ranger subclasses in that one for, for this? So I have, um, another character concept dealing with the gloom stalker. Okay. Uh, that's the one where it doesn't specifically say it, but it's kind of like, Hey, you use these guys in the underdark. So oh. you have an individual who, for whatever reason, ends up alone, lost in the underdark. Um, they manage to survive for a, quite a while. You could even say years without really finding safety or a way out it's a very hard life but they do develop necessary skills to survive and that's through gloom stalker um but they really start to lose hope their spirit gets crushed maybe something particular bad happens they almost die something like that and a particular god and character's choice of who player's choice of who comes in and saves them okay um, plucks them from the underdark and this person is now so grateful that they become an acolyte of this god and they become a cleric of them. Um, and there's a lot you could do with that to make it really interesting. That's just kind of the bare bones of it. So who's the god that saved them? Do they, Was it really just a good deed? Um, they were, Or was it... Divine plan? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, or was it kind of this utilitarian thing where they, they saw the determination and the resourcefulness of this person? It's like, shit, I'm going to take him, and he's going to be... You know, we'll get use out of this guy, and it's kind of a neutral thing. Yeah. Is there some sort of evil, nefarious plan behind it? How does this person's predisposed morality mesh with this god that they now feel indebted to? I actually like, really like yeah. that as a, a concept. Uh, that's that's making the most out of a, a bad situation right. <laughs> here. Um, wow. So then really, yeah. you, you, I, I said this earlier to uh, Will... Uh, off the air, but just if you can answer that uh, ranger question to me, then you could really go with any of the clerics, right? So that that answers the ranger question just fine there, and sums it up with a nice little bow on it for Gloomstalker. I wonder so, if that would bring one thing that we haven't brought up is uh, there are two uh, subclasses in Xanthers. The Forge, which I do not think jives well with the Ranger at all. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, the Grave Domain, maybe a little bit. Especially something like uh, your little survivor, uh, Gloomstalker. I could see a Death God being impressed by that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And the Grave Domain's decent. Yeah, it's not bad. This, and this is it's worth noting, this is not the Death Domain, which is in the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. And was once again more... That's confusing. This was this one that that was like the Oathbreaker Paladin. Right. It was more targeted towards NPCs or ideas or evil campaigns. Uh, this one's a little bit more neutral. Just making sure that uh, the rules of mortality are enforced. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm remembering this now. I actually really like the Grave Domain because that is that's the entire point. Is you're just making sure that people die when it's their time is a, a big portion of it. Is it? Because a lot of the spells are you cheating death. 
Well, that's not right. cheating death. That's making sure it's the right time. Yeah, you're, you're healing people. That's your not, view okay. of it. Your view oh, okay. is, it, is, is you're prolonging their life because it's not their time to die. It's not your time to die. And that works, as he said, really well with your Gloomstalker setup because something plucked you from death when it wasn't your time yet. Okay, yeah. So followers of these deities seek to put wandering spirits to rest to destroy the undead and ease the suffering of the dying. The magic also allows them to stave off death for a time, particularly for a person who still has some great works to accomplish in the world. This is a delay of death, not a denial, for death comes to all in the end. There we go. I ad-libbed that fast part. I thought it sounded better. Oh. <laughs> well, it sounded great. I yes. couldn't even tell. Uh, no, I actually really like that, then. That's a great combo. Uh, what about, mechanically speaking, any any good synergy? Yeah, sure. Um, it's... Just kind of universally good for anyone. Yeah. Like a lot of undead alone. stuff. I mean, there's always undead stuff. If you wanted to be an undead-focused ranger, cleric is a good mix for it. Sure. Favorite enemy undead. Definitely. Yeah. Good good idea there. I think I said that in the beginning, actually. Right. Um, what? Yeah, like, so if you, when you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points with someone who has zero, you just get the maximum. It's just, it's just a good thing to have, like healing word or whatever. You also learn spare the, spare the Dying is a cantrip, which doesn't count against the number of cleric cantrips you know, and it has a range of 30 feet. Uh, that basically stabilizes someone who's unconscious, and you can do it from 30 feet away. Yeah, so, I really like good. that one. Uh, um, Gloomstalker just overall is a, a pretty solid subclass, I think as we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, the level 3 stuff is nothing crazy, but it's just like a consistent benefit you get uh addition to your initiative role through your wisdom modifier uh and on the first turn of each combat your walking speed increases by 10 and any attack that hits gets an extra d8 so i mean that's it's good it's yeah. nothing that's uh game changing but it's something and you get your dark vision um is there anything in that class because i don't feel like reading through everything right now that really pops out as like a significant level milestone the one where um anything that relies on dark vision to see you in the dark cannot see you you're invisible to them permanently that is level three so that's level okay. three as yep. well yep. Oh, okay that's umbral sight still uh yeah that one's really nice anything with dark vision just and it's dark you're basically invisible you are invisible yeah uh which is just crazy when you think about it yeah as a dm that's that's one of those things that's a little bit tough you've got all these creatures that now can't see you at all unless they use torches which they're not exactly likely to use yeah no reason to unless you have things that are fighting you and are learning but that's probably not going to happen because you're killing them you're invisible uh I, i really like stalker's flurry at 11th level, you learn yeah. to attack with such unexpected speed that you can turn a miss into another strike. Once on each of your turns, when you miss with a weapon attack, you can make another weapon attack as part of the same action. That's really cool. I mean, that's right. just so good. You miss an attack, you get another chance. What's the worst thing in D&D? Missing attacks. Yep. Uh, so that's at 11th level. Yeah. Uh, clerics at 9th level get what? I know, I'm just... I'm, I, I like to think about this, the perfect world of... Of level 20. 20. Yeah. yeah. And more importantly, just where's a good switching point, really? Uh, so clerics are full casters. Rangers are half. That's always something to keep in mind. Every bit you go up in clerics going to be a lot more beneficial to a ranger than going up in ranger for a cleric when it comes to spell casting. Uh, yeah. So if we do 11th level, 9th level gets you more spells. It's a lot of spells up to 5th level as a cleric. I mean, really, if you're going that route, you're just doing, no matter what level you go up to in either, I feel like you're getting a a pretty good mix, except for going really high in ranger, because as we've discussed many times, high level ranger stuff is just pointless. Right. So that's getting you up to at most or at least 11 levels of ranger, and then however many levels of cleric you want, you can mix and match how you want. I actually really like this. Yeah. I think that's good. It's got good edge. <laughs> Just a good amount. Good enough yeah. edge. It's nice and honed. So yeah. yeah, that's a good one. The rest of them look a little bit shitty in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> but this, these two, again, just to reiterate, Grave Domain and then the Gloomstalker. Those right. two together, 
bueno. Everything else. Xanthers for excellent subclasses. All around. I I love Xanthers. It's a great book. It is. Um, Okay. Another character concept. Yeah, go for it. Got one more. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess it's somewhat similar to the half-orc one, but essentially you have some obscure god that maybe most of its followers have... The fog cloud god? Uh, have uh, died, been wiped out for for whatever reason. The worshippers of this god have very much dwindled. So you have this lone acolyte to this god um, who's protecting their holy land, and he, he's he or she is staying there as a protector of this land. So it kind of fits perfectly for ranger cleric. Yeah. Okay. Um, which domain? I don't know. Whatever you want, really. It could whatever go that any, obscure god is. Yeah. yeah. It could go really any any way there. That's something we've um, never I really... I guess nature would probably make the most sense. Yes. For that one. I know I said it's double dipping, but it actually kind of works for this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I feel like I've never had an issue with as a DM is making up gods. Yeah. Like, they, they list out a whole bunch that you can work with, and they right. all have their own backstories, but it's like, we're in a world where there's this many gods. Why not add one or two more that are obscure gods or made right. up whatever? Uh, so I, I can see that working really well. It's the uh, only issue, though, is what's the call to adventure? Is this going to be a situation where the god is getting really, really sick of you being his only friend? Yeah. Like, be, you yeah. get the hell out there and you start preaching the word of foggy clouds. That's actually, Absolutely, yeah. that's actually a really funny way to think about it, where they're just like, yeah, like my god doesn't really want to talk to me too much anymore and needs some new friends, and I'm the only one who can do that. So now they got to be a little bit preachy. Or you feel, feel you, this holy land you're protecting is safe for now. Um, you, you've bested some threat that's been going on for a while. And it's like, all right, it's, it is time to recruit more followers. Let's, let's go out into the world and do this. Or the opposite. Yeah. It's going to be under attack and you need to yeah. recruit people to help. Yeah. Yep. Or there's, if it's one of the kind of epic tale campaigns, there's some big world ending threat and this god recognizes it and sends you to go help. Right. Like, and you're like, what about the Holy Land? It's like, it doesn't matter. If the entire world is dead, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like that it. lends itself very well to an awkward, kind of weird character, especially if they've yes. devoted their entire life to this weird isolation yes. and strange class composition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, things like this, though, I, I always hate uh starting them at level one like that that type of mix because it's like oh you know it, it makes sense why they're clericky it makes sense why they're a ranger but starting off as a ranger and then becoming a cleric at level two maybe i mean maybe there's there's ways around it but those are just things that i always dislike the idea of uh adding in that midway Interesting yeah. backstories do not lend themselves well to low levels. Right. No. You're level one. You're not an interesting person yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. It's, there, it's usually there's been some of that that slightly bumped you above the average person. And now we're going to play and see how you develop. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, and actually, I think in Xanathers, they have that whole building your character section. And I think it covers that to a degree about... Uh, like, you, like you roll for interesting things and all that, and it mm-hmm. has you add more or less based on your level, which I kind of like what it's just that idea that it's getting out there. If you're making a level 15 character, a lot of your heroic deeds and crazy stuff is that would be behind you at that point. Yeah. You're coming in with this character that's like, they've probably already gone through an entire arc of developments and resolution and all that, mm-hmm. and now you're coming in for probably more, but whatever. But if you're level one, it's... Yeah, you kind of have your childhood and maybe one event. That'd be a fun character to kind of reverse the trope. You start a nice high-level 15 character. It's like, what were you? I was a farmer. It's like, you're one of the third most powerful fighters in the realm. Are you actually trying to claim that you were just a farmer? <laughs> so we had some wolves occasionally. How many? <laughs> I don't know, 290,000? <laughs> oh, man. Breaks out the abacus. Uh, approximately 4 million wolves. Just a normal farmer fertilizing my field with the death of a species. <laughs> yeah, wiped out the wolf population, so that was cool. 200 XP at a time. Okay, actually, it does it on age. Oh, okay, okay. Which is an interesting thing, too, is like usually if you're playing a high-level character, they're probably going to be older. I don't know. Every time I have a character and they're 
20 something, they reached their highest level in that year. So yeah, that's true. sometimes in the month, in the month, doesn't matter. It's, it's difficult to pace. It is. It's always, yeah, kind of a little weird. I'm a big fan of time skips. Yeah. Cause, uh, we're, we're in the abyss right now. We're trying to get out of the abyss, but, um, and, and no, you're not in the abyss. Yes, we are, Kevin. You're in the we're abyss. not. We're no. in the other dark. I know. You would not survive like the abyss. The abyss. Okay. I get what right. he's saying. We're in a abyss. Yeah. It's, it's the metaphorical abyss. abyss, but the abyss a is a real place. Yeah. Yes. Right. In D&D, not in real life. Oh, they're well, trying what? to get out of the abyss. We're trying to get yeah. out of the underdark. Yes, right. the demons are getting out of the abyss. They're parallel. So we all... But it is a metaphorical, clever title right. because, like yes, the under... Yeah. But my point we are, is... We all get it now. We all understand the intelligence of their title. <laughs> We're trying to get out of the underdark. We've been here for like a couple months, right? Yeah. When we got in here, we were like these amateurs. By the time we come out of here, it's going to be like less than a year, and we're going to be these like seasoned, hardened, brutal people who've done incredible things. It, it kind of almost fits for that one just because it is such a tough life down there in the Underdark. Sink or swim. Yeah, like you're put through the ringer. It's like you're but our relationships, Our relationships are going to just fall apart. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, Saucy, my character. You're back. Let's have some drinks and enjoy our normal lives. I'm like, no, I've killed too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the Saucy you once knew. Oh, man. Now I have to start sure thinking can. about, well, God, I have to think if my character is going to make it out of this campaign. But on top of that, uh, what they'll do afterwards. That'll be fun. Well, back so- to my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something to talk about with that. We'll talk about the whole group. Yeah. Because there is, um, I mean, it's not really spoiling much. If things go well and you do things, you know, a certain way, there's definitely an opportunity for a kind of like a break in the out of the abyss story to, to handle characters' developments and home life and cool, 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 cool. I like that stuff like that. So something to talk about. Yeah, but not here. We need the whole group. Out of the abyss, back into the abyss. <laughs> out of the abyss. So far, very good campaign. Gets my stamp of approval, especially compared to Storm King's Thunder, which does not get my stamp of approval. (laughs) Yeah, this is probably my favorite campaign we've done. Uh, As far as just like pre-written ones, this is probably the best quality. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And I think our DM's doing a great job of bringing it to life. Truly. Thanks, guys. He's a visionary in his own way. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to suck up to the editor of this. (laughs) Uh, I can make you say terrible, terrible things. <laughs> All right. So anything else about the Ranger Cleric? Nope. Moving on. Moving on. To Monster of the Week. All right. This week we'll be looking at Zeratan, one of the Elder Elementals from Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, page 201. The Zeratan is a gargantuan earth elemental, generally brought forth by some sort of crazy cultist ritual. Though it does not seem inherently evil or bent on destruction, its mere existence just destroys everything around it. And with the gargantuan size category, it doesn't really say how big it actually is, but every 10 feet it moves, it destroys the ground around it and topples buildings. It has a high AC, high health, high damage, and basically it's going to be really hard to kill. If a party comes up against one of these things, it's going to be a problem to deal with. So I think it's worth diving into. Uh, probably I think we should eventually go through all of the Elder Elementals, but right now we're starting with a Zeratan. Yeah, this thing is terrifying uh, just in its size. I'm almost upset that uh, all you can see on here in Mordecai and Stone of Foes just like a, a tiny little quarter of a page uh, picture when this thing, <laughs> I feel like it needs some something next to it for size. Yes. Uh, just to really show it's it's gargantuism. Yeah. Gargantuism. Uh, I mean, there's entire <laughs> trees coming off its back. Yeah. Like, but how big are those trees? We right? don't know. I don't know. It could be bonsai trees, and this guy is way overblown. <laughs> just a little turtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like an earth turtle. It's mm-hmm. actually kind of cute. It has this little face on it. Like, it's this massive thing, and then you can see these two little beady eyes and a little beady nose. Yeah, that's adorable. Uh, so, as you said, it's going to be brought in by some cultists. Uh, if you want to work that in as, like, a, a larger campaign thing, it can be. What? Like, the elemental evil 
officially written campaign. Right. Yes. I don't think it gets to this level. No, it, things, it doesn't. But, but yeah, it's actually that's what it says. It's the cults of elemental evil will bring these things forth. So, right. Yeah, that that's kind of been done. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not too concerned about how this gets brought into a campaign. I yeah, I almost think it's it's kind of easy. It's cultist. Boom. Problem solved. Yeah. Um, its stat block though is massive. Uh, I mean, it's taking up the entire page basically on just things that it can do. Uh, so the first thing that I think is extremely interesting is this earth shaking movement. Uh, anytime it moves. 10 feet as a bonus action, it can just destroy any and all terrain within a 120-foot radius centered on itself. Um, the main thing that makes this really terrifying is the fact that everything concentrating on a spell has to make a DC 25 uh, con- concentration check, which is really high, but it's just yeah difficult as hell for spellcasters to have to deal with that Basically every turn, it doesn't have any other bonus actions, so I don't see why it wouldn't be doing right. that. Right, it just needs to move 10 feet, and there's a speed of 40. Right. And a swim speed of 40, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's a turtle, man. Yeah. Turtle swim. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, from a flavor perspective, it mentions that the shockwave deals 100 damage, thunder damage to all structures. Um, it also mentions later on here that it's a siege monster, so any damage it does to objects and structures is actually doubled so would that be 200 damage no it says it's uh, already factored in okay yeah, already oh. included or shaken. reading the next sentence is so tough <laughs> uh so regardless that's a ton of damage you're going to destroy basically any building uh this thing is a threat to civilization yes i mean just walking anywhere near a city and within 20 minutes you can destroy all of water deep yeah just walk through it yeah <laughs> That's all. And, I mean, it's such a high AC of 21, um, 307 hit points, and the ability to quite literally turtle. They call it retract, but it pulls its limbs in, and then it can regain health well in there. Yeah. It'd be hard to kill. Uh, One kind of weird thing, I feel like they missed an opportunity down here. So this is challenge rating 22. So everything about it's crazy and high. I don't think you need to be afraid of it being so beefed up. Is a damage threshold. So... Like in the Dungeon Master's Guide, it goes into kind of stats and stuff for like vehicles, like boats and rowboats and stuff like that, airships, and they all have damage thresholds, thresholds, where if you attack it and do under the damage threshold, it doesn't actually do anything. So if it has a damage, like if an airship has a damage threshold of 9 and you shoot into its side, and sorry, of 10, and you shoot into its side and do 9 damage, it doesn't take any damage because it's a piece of wood. Right. It's like, it's fine. You need to do high enough to actually cause structural damage. This thing is just, it's rock. It's earth. Like, I can't see somebody walking up with a rapier and poking it in the side for five damage. And it actually taking that damage. It feels wrong. Like, it seems like, how would you actually attach this thing? Everything needs to be like a devastating hit. Right. This makes it almost seem, because, you know, I'm imagining a scenario where this thing appears a mile outside of the city. And it's walking towards the city. And now it's up to that city and whatever adventurers to now stop this thing. Uh, everything just shooting arrows at it is going to do something. Yeah. And when that, I that think you're right. Kill it. Yeah. yeah. You're well, right. Keeping in mind, it is the standard magical requirement. So not required. It has resistance to non-magical. Is attack. it just resistance? Just resistance. Yes. Yeah. That's tough. It's yeah. only immune to poison damage. Yeah. Cause yeah, it, it, this game was not designed for mass battles, but if I was presented with this and I lived in a screwed up world where things didn't make sense, as the Duke, I'd be like, all right, all the peasants get their bows out and just shoot it. Like all 500 peasants I can find with bows. Right. Shoot it once. I mean, the only thing stopping that is the AC of 21, uh, and that's just natural but, armor. Yeah. I know, still, with high enough numbers, as we've determined by our <laughs> Goblin Coliseum, that again we've needs... We've never discussed it. I know, it needs its own episode. <laughs> The biggest mistake we've ever made. Yeah. How many goblins do you think a group of four adventurers in the middle of a stadium, level 20, uh, level 20 could take out? It's a whole conversation, yes. a lot of numbers. Yes. So anyways, uh, based on that conversation, we know that things are going to crit. It's just a, a matter of chance when you roll a d20, one in 20 are going to crit. Those automatically hit. So even if you have peasants firing bows, they're still going to do some damage. Whether or not it's... It's almost like you just have to ignore that. 
Yeah, sorry, we, we need a time skip there. Somebody is using a leaf blower, even though it is dark out and cold. And it's, it's outside cold. the window. It's cold. All right. Yeah. So we thought, oh, we'll wait and then just keep going. So we're just going to talk over it. So I'm sorry. You're going to hear a leaf blower in the background. All the windows and stuff are closed. I guess it's just Lynn. We, we're, we're in the basement. Yeah. It's just it's, Something seems to happen every episode, which gives away. This is not a professional setup. We're sitting in a basement. But at least our voices sound really good. And so does the leaf blower. <laughs> All right. So you were talking about how the peasant army wins. Yeah. Peasant army just by wins. Uh, it's just a thing as a DM where you just have to just say, oh, our attacks are ineffective and we need something stronger. And yes, it's not written incorrectly. I think a damage threshold is a fantastic way to address that and should be brought up a lot more in some of these larger monsters, mm-hmm. uh, especially one like this where it's really it's its main threat is going to be towards structure cities things that you know it, that's the first thing that comes to mind is that walking towards the city is a big enough problem right um great way to get around that as a dm just say screw it you know it you, you don't do any damage it's ineffective yeah, uh yeah. i don't know that i think the ac is high enough where that can be you're obviously going to be hitting it so in a lot of ways the ac does represent a kind of damage threshold you hit it with your bow uh, you did no real damage. You quote-unquote missed. Right, but that's where we're saying the uh, 20s. Like, if you have a 100 things shooting at it, then... That's why, yeah, you've got to look at, like, the Tarrasque was semi-built to deal with that with bare minimum requirements for spells to hit it. Uh, right. It's got regeneration, which is just, you know, automatic. This thing has to go a little bit out of its way to deal with the... Uh, that kind of thing. But this is, if you look at it, it is modeled a little bit like the Tarrasque. Hello, a yeah. siege weapon, huge, crazy yeah. hard to kill. Yeah. All these yeah. giant things kind of end up that way, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, so this has uh, quite a few legendary actions where you can do an additional attack or stuff like that. Which or, I love. I love legendary actions. We haven't really had any monsters so far that had legendary no. actions, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they get that. Actually, I think the legendary actions allows something like this, to not need those, like, mob creatures, the add-ons with it. Because they can continue to do stuff outside of their turn. Right. Like, every time we're talking about one of these big things, we always seem to bring up the, you know, we, we can't just have one thing, we need to add other stuff to it. Legendary Actions is a really good way of getting around that. Mm-hmm. Because it can either, you know, it can stomp three times, it can move, which, as we've shown, is awful for yeah. it to move. Well, actually, it can't take a bonus action. It cannot do the earth-shaking movement on a legendary action. Oh, yeah. Uh... But beyond that, I mean, it can stomp, it can move, it can use its uh, spit rock, which ranged is just a, a ranged attack with, that does 6d8 plus 10 bludgeoning yeah. damage. Plus with, 17 to hit. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's still like, it's not that. It says spit rock, but that should honestly be spit a, like, large boulder. I, what's even spit bigger? Spit large boulder? Um, I think rock, it's just, it's keeping it generic. I know, but I feel like it needs more than that. Like, it's like spit... Small country, Rhode Island, like it's it's huge. It's we actually haven't. I mean, it's gargantuan, but those could be bonsai trees. It could be, you know, it's really tough. We need some real numbers before we actually make any calls on that. Yeah, and it also has this uh, this spew debris, which is not a legendary action. To to go back to its actions, uh, that's basically a it's a ninety foot cube. So I don't even get how that's really working. Is it like spewing up into the air and just dropping like a a rain of this? I guess. That makes sense, yeah, because then you could also be knocked prone. and Right, so just to, to read that off, uh, it's recharge 5-6. Uh, the Zeratin exhales rocky debris in a 90-foot cube. Each creature in that area must make a DC 25 deck saving throw. Creature takes 60 10 bludgeoning damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a success. Creature that fails to save by 5 or more is knocked prone. So, 90-foot cube. That one just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's a weird shape. I feel like I was expecting cone, and then it just said cube out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's just like uh, the visual of just like, bleh, like vomiting gigantic amounts of earth and rock. Just yeah. in the general vicinity. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so, it can just do or that a whole bunch. kind of thrown off of it. Maybe that gives you an idea of the size. Maybe it's 90 feet wide. Like, if you're looking at it head-on, uh-huh. like it's... And so it can kind of like lurch itself and a whole bunch of rock and debris just kind of 
slumps yeah, off of it. It doesn't have a range, so I'm assuming it's just in front of it. But yeah, I assume yeah, you would be originating from it would be originating the side, so the the middle of this thing would be the middle of this cube, right? And then you have forty five feet on each side, ninety feet out. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. This is a ridiculously large AO. It is. That's crazy. Yeah. A lot of damage. Uh, back on the legendary. So then you have retract, revitalize, and emerge. They're all connected. So as a retract, it could pull its limbs in and basically turtles, and it become it's restrained, but it's resistance to all damage. Including magical damage, yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. It sounds like it could still attack, though. Yeah, this part's actually pretty interesting. It's just a disadvantage. So, yeah. Restrained is disadvantage. Yes, it would have yes. disadvantage, and you would have advantage attacking it, which is kind of counteracted by it being resistant now. Yeah. Um, but while it's in there, it could then also, as another legendary action, revitalize. Um, so you can only do it while it's retracted, and it regains 5d20 hit points. That's interesting. Wait, yeah, you don't never you never see that. You roll five d twenties, and that's how many hit points you get. I've that's kind of cool. I've never seen that. But never in my life have I seen that. It fits with this type of monster. I mean, it's such. I, well, that, no, I guess that'd be gargantuan in general. Yeah, yeah. Looking at uh, any of these gargantuans, they use a d twenty for their hit points. Wow, wow, that's wow. really cool. Yeah, uh, I would never roll for that because that seems kind of silly with that. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, I would roll it. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's 5d20 for <laughs> how much health it gets back. And that, yeah. so it can only do that. It's like a, a weird cycle where it has to do that. Uh, it takes two legendary actions, but it only gets three legendary right. actions per turn. So first turn, maybe not exactly first, but let's say first turn you retract. Uh, you can still do all of your attacks at disadvantage, which don't even matter. You've got 17 to hit. So disadvantage right. means basically nothing um then you revitalize get your health back and then emerge so right but each one of those steps takes two actions right but emerge lets you actually emerge and use spit rock okay uh but it's it's essentially gonna take three turns to do this though yes that's what i'm saying it's a three rounds yeah. yeah so you're you should be in my opinion as a dm doing that every single time like use whatever those the the two actions are so you start off by retracting maybe not on the very first turn but in that and just like kind of start doing it in that order you think i think it'd work really well it really depends on the state of the turtle monster if he's doing fine health wise that would be that'd be phase two let's put it that way okay where it says once it's been attacked a lot so you know it drops down to 150 hp out of its 307 then you start doing this revitalize train for a little bit until it gets to a high enough amount in which case you you start again i you know i haven't ran the numbers uh, to see if this is going to be something that just like would make it stay up forever i really doubt it because right. it's only 5d20 uh but it would just keep the fight going on for the amount of time that i feel like a gargantuan creature deserves yes pretty spooky yeah and it's got legendary resistances which is yeah i mean it's it's a good high level monster if things don't have legendary resistances and legendary actions, it always feels like there's something missing. Yeah. Uh, like that Nagpa that we talked about last time. No yeah. legendary resistances, no legendary actions. Right. It it just misses something for me, just a little bit of something. Yeah, for being like a big old boss fight. Yeah. Right. Um, the only thing I would say is just kind of the weakness of it, it's, it gets, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. It just plods along. So you're not, you're probably not building a whole campaign no. around this thing. It shows up and you put it down. Yep. Um, it might be the culmination it, of a campaign if you're, yeah. if you want to go that yeah. elemental or the uh, cultist route, that's up to you. Uh, yeah. Or it shows up, you realize you can't take it down and you, you kind of have to leave it alone until you can. And mm-hmm. then it's just wrecking. It's the countryside. The yeah. <laughs> a lot of options there. Yeah. And yeah, that's just the first of these elder elementals. There's some really cool ones. The yeah. Leviathan. And I think they did a really good job on those, just to say from the start. They all have very interesting mechanics behind them. Yeah. Uh, nothing worse than a high challenge rating monster. That's just a... Tarask. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. What does it do? It doesn't take damage and it hits stuff. Yep. <laughs> cool. Good. Let's have this three-hour fight. <laughs> That would be a great thing. Like, if you couldn't take down the turtle, 
You summon the Tarasque. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. So this is Godzilla versus Turtle something. Mecha Turtle. Mecha Turtle. Earth Turtle. I don't know, man. Turtle Gaia. I don't know. But that would be an interesting uh, counter Wait. to psychotic cultists. Like, oh, we summoned this elder elemental. What are you going to do? Your city is going to be destroyed. It's like, ha, we summoned the Tarasque. Those absolute psychos. <laughs> <laughs> I've devoted 30 years to worshipping an elemental evil cult, but those guys are out of their minds. <laughs> and then you just, you know, clean up the Tarasque once it's taken as much damage as, as it can take. Oh, yeah, of course. That's of course, enough. we'll get to that. Like, we yeah. couldn't take care of the turtle, so we had to get the Tarasque. What are we going to do with the Tarasque? <laughs> I think there's a story about an old woman whose life got very complicated very quickly doing this. <laughs> You, you look confused. I have no idea. The what? old lady who swallowed a fly. Oh, okay. So she swallowed a frog. Yep, yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And whatever the hell eats a frog, I don't know. Cat. Swallowed a cat to eat the frog? Yeah, and then she swallowed a dog to eat the cat. <laughs> I didn't realize it jumped up to cat immediately. What, else, what the hell is else going to eat a frog? I don't know. A snake? You're not going to eat a snake. <laughs> well, I'm not going to eat a frog either. Well, who's going to get the fly out? <laughs> <laughs> That could be a good Eldritch Horror style monster. The old lady who swallowed like all these different enemies. Until she became this horrible monster. Yeah. Yep. I'd I'd fight that. Yeah. Alright, we're ending it. Alright, sounds good. Thanks for listening. Next week on Monsters and Multiclass. Join us as we discuss the Cleric Rogue Multiclass and our monster of the week, the Nilbog. Bog.